Hello and welcome to season two of the last slice of pizza. I am your host James and today we are going over the episode How Long Is Forever? So we begin at Titan's Tower. The night flips into day literally in a nice little animation bit and an alarm goes off and Starfire wakes up excited. She stops her mumbo-jumbo alarm, which is a little confusing, but maybe she bought it when mumbo-jumbo was, like, like an actual magician before being, you know, a criminal. Because, I mean, I don't exactly know what his backstory is. Maybe he could have just been a regular magician. That would be interesting to explore. But, uh, that's neither here nor there at the moment. So she takes out an assortment of stuff out of her drawer and pops her head out of her door to see if anyone is there. When no one is there, she smiles and begins sneaking her gifts to the main area. Like, it's really cute and adorable, and I like it. So, uh, when she arrives at the main area, she shouts, Happy Blorthog! However, she finds Robin is... Angrily listening to rap music, Cyborg and Beast Boy are arguing over whose turn it is to play, and Raven is reading a book trying to zone everything out. Starfire attempts to get uh, Blorthog the Tamaranian celebration of friendship going uh, with some added uh, animated roses that bloom around her, but to no avail, and she is aware of this. And the roses just go away. She keeps trying while Cyborg and Beast Boy are arguing. However, their constant arguing keeps uh, interrupting any and all of her attempts. When Beast Boy breaks from Cyborg's grasp, he tells him he'll give him the controller when Raven gives him his clippers. Raven, who is holding uh, the clippers with her powers, tells him that that's not going to happen. How else am I supposed to keep your toenails off the coffee table? Starfire tries to wish Raven sunshine and happiness, but Raven isn't having it, and Starfire backs off a little bit. Raven then asks, Robin, can the music be any louder? I can still hear myself think. Beast Boy and Cyborg continue scuffling while Starfire approaches Robin, and Robin gets angrier. Robin explains that the music is so loud to drown out their arguing so you can think. Beast Boy and Cyborg continue fighting, and it goes into this collage where, like, Raven and Robin's head are, like, you know, small and, like, on either side of Starfire, while Starfire's just, like, normal size standing in the middle trying to hold her, um, her, her, like, one of her gifts, which is like a like a necklace that has like bells like all around it, and then like these chibi versions of uh, like Beast Boy and Cyborg like run around the collage area like arguing, while Starfire tries to get a word in edgewise but can't, and then. Uh, eventually it leads to Tiny Cyborg dancing on the bells uh, too much that it shatters. So Starfire's had it and screams, bringing everyone back down to Earth. 
Starfire chastises them, saying friends should not behave this way, especially on Blorthog. Do you wish to invite the Rekmas? Beast Boy says Gazuntite, and then Starfire explains that the Rekmas is the drifting, the point at which good friends start to drift apart and their friendship is no more. The others assure her that this won't happen and that they're just getting on each other's nerves is all. And Robin says that it's, it's normal and that they'll be friends forever. Starfire responds, forever? And here I want to talk about the title a little bit. To me, I think this is the best episode title in the entire show. And I don't know why. It, it perfectly encapsulates the idea of it while still being, like, short enough to be a title while, like, being longer than most of the titles, like, in the show, where, like, most of the titles are, like, these one-to-two-word, like, vague, simplistic things that, like, give a general idea of this, of the episode, and the longer episode names are usually there for more of a comedic effect but this like even though it's only four words it it really hones in on what this episode is about and i really like it it's it's simple but not abstract chef's kiss to the name so then the titans get an alert and go to stop a crime with Starfire being a little hesitant, but going anyway, leaving behind all her Blorthog stuff on the floor. Then we get the opening. So at a museum, we go into a clock exhibit where someone walks in through the portal and he says he's from 100 years in the future. So some of the guards try to stop him, but he freezes them first with like time powers. So he approaches a certain timepiece and proclaims the eternal clock. Valuable in the past, priceless in the future. Robin stops him from taking it and says, But for the present, you keep your grubby hands off of it. The villain, Warp, notes, Ah, the Teen Titans. I've read about you in the history books. And now, your history. Warp attacks while the Titans try to counter. However, Warp is good at managing them since he's probably aware of their tactics because, you know, he's from 100 years in the future. He manages to subdue the Titans and grabs the Eternal Clock and bids farewell. However, Starfire is angry and tackles him through his time portal. Robin tries to get her but is too late. Starfire and Warp are struggling through the time stream, which is a series of clocks floating around them and warp wants her to let go starfire is angry because he endangered her friends and ruined blorthog warp warns that if she damages the suit before they get to his destination that's all he can say though before starfire destroys the suit before they get to his destination so uh she and warp drift away so Starfire lands in a pile of snow and wonders where she is. She looks up to see a decrepit titan's tower. She enters to try and investigate to sad piano music, and she can't find anyone. She forces the door to the main room open and sees no one. 
She finds her Blorthog gifts on the floor, lying in decay. She sees a red glow and thinks it's Cyborg, but when she finds that they are little robots that have, like, the, the little, like, spider leg things, she starts blasting them out of fear. Cyborg comes in and wonders who is blasting his bots and sees Starfire and is in disbelief. We see him, and he looks just as decrepit as the building. He notes that she hasn't aged a day, and Starfire wonders why Cyborg is old. Cyborg informs her that she left 20 years ago, and this is 20 years from her future. And since they're in Southern California, and it is covered in snow, I can only assume that without the Titans, global warming got a whole lot worse. So... Starfire continues to ask about what happened and Cyborg informs her that after the warp battle and her disappearance, the Titans broke up. Starfire says she stole some of his technology and Cyborg states that Warp wanted to go 100 years into the future and Star stopped him at 20. Starfire is still upset about all of this and wants to fix it and blames Warp for all of the badness that happened. She plans on getting Warp to fix all of this, but Cyborg says he can't leave the tower due to his power cells running out. Cyborg tells her where Beast Boy and Raven are so that Starfire can try to recruit them to help. But Cyborg says he does not know where Robin is, so she is on her own on that front. So she does leave to go and try to recruit Beast Boy and Raven. So Beast Boy is in a, like a cage or I'm not sure. I think there is a word for this, but I don't know what it is. It's like a cage in a box. It's like a train car, but I don't know if it's a train car cage box exactly. I'm sure there's a word for it. I just don't know what it is. So He's in a cage in a circus where these two future punk kids are watching him balance a ball while he changes into different animals, but the two kids start throwing snowballs at him and laugh and leave. Beast Boy approaches the front and Starfire approaches the cage. Beast Boy is just as surprised and Starfire wonders what happened. This boy explains that after the Titans broke up, he tried to be a solo hero, but got routinely stomped. So now he does this. Starfire informs him of her mission to stop Warp and fix the future. She tries to bust him out, but he doesn't want to because everyone out there hates him and he feels protected by this cage. Starfire gives up and goes to find Raven. Raven is in an abandoned building when Starfire opens the door with her inside. It's a big white room, but the rest of the building is like, you know, more traditional abandoned building stuff. Starfire informs Raven that it's her, but Raven thinks it's a figment of her imagination and begs her to go away. Starfire surmises that without friends, she is losing or has lost control and is fighting to, you know, hang on and is barely doing so. But before she can assure her that this is real, Raven's powers block her. 
So Starfire is now wandering the street when Warp launches a surprise attack. Starfire tries to counter, but again, Warp has her outclassed. Warp forces Starfire to the ground and demands the regulator. Starfire notes that Warp has aged too. Warp informs her that that's what happens when you steal the regulator and demands it back. Starfire demands that he fix her past so the future doesn't end up like this. Warp tells her that there's nothing wrong with her past. Everything, past, present, and future, is set in stone. The eternal clock disappeared because history said it did, and history says it did because he stole it. So Starfire is saddened by this, and Warp takes the regulator. However, a figure in the shadows comes and attacks Warp. While Warp can defend himself, he appears to be on the back foot and then retreats. The figure says it's great to see Starfire, and Star realizes that this is Robin. However, he emerges from the shadows and says he hasn't used that name for a long time. Call me Nightwing. So, in Nightwing's lair, which seems to share a fascination with gears that uh, Slade's lair has... Uh, Nightwing does some work while Starfire looks at the old Robin costume. Nightwing puts a blanket on her and asks about her mission. Starfire says that it's hopeless. The future is what it is and you can't change it, no matter how wrong it is. Nightwing says, sounds impossible. Good. If I remember, we used to do the impossible all the time. He held on to his communicator for such an occasion and activated it. So the buttons on Starfire's outfit glow and she is happy. And at the circus, Beast Boy's belt glows and he begrudgingly answers the call. In the white room, Raven's button on her um, cloak beeps. And she's in disbelief. And then at the tower, Cyborg's eye goes off and he knows what he has to do but is reminded he can't leave. Still... He is determined. So at the museum, which has a different sign, Warp is trying to repair his regulator, and the guards are still frozen. <laughs> like, things must have immediately went bad. But uh, gets interrupted by Nightwing and Starfire. Warp goes on the attack, but Nightwing and Starfire get the upper hand, destroying one of his blasters, and Starfire blasts him. So they continue their fight, and Nightwing has the upper hand in their CQC encounter and pins Warp to the ground. However, Warp shoots the roof, covering Star in a bunch of snow and debris, and Nightwing goes to help but gets blasted. However, Cyborg comes in blasting him, having repaired himself. Starfire rejoices, and Nightwing is glad to see him. Cyborg says he wouldn't have missed it, and then says, Now who says you could start the party without me? Warp tries to finish Cyborg, but Beast Boy comes in as a lion and claws him. Warp is about to open fire, but Raven takes control of him and throws him. Raven appears and says, nobody hurts my friends. The Titans are all reassembled and stare off against Warp. Beast Boy looks at Nightwing's hair and is jealous. Notably... Th this whole, like, sequence of attack and, like, defense is similar to how they beat Slade in Apprentice. More on that later. So Warp tries to escape, but Nightwing throws a disc at him, 
warp counters, but Nightwing's disc unfolds to slice Warp's disc, crashing into his regulator and causing him to de-age. Uh, when they open up Warp's outfit and see he's become a baby, Beast Boy jokes, I am not changing any diapers. They see the wormhole closing and Cyborg rips off the regulator to blast it open and change the direction to help Starfire get home. Starfire approaches the wormhole, but then asks, is this really what the future is? Is there nothing I can do to change it? Nightwing goes up to her and says, I'm sorry, Star. There is no time. He hands her the eternal clock, and Starfire is happy and crying, and she goes through the wormhole. So in the present, Warp is getting away, and then Starfire tackles him into the wormhole, and then Robin fails to get her, and then they wonder where she went, but a wormhole appears behind them, and Starfire emerges victorious. And she says, history says this disappeared, but history was wrong. So that evening, Starfire explains what happened to the others, and they are distressed about it. Beast Boy also because he's apparently going to go bald. So they apologize and say that they should take this Rakmas stuff seriously. Robin wonders if that will really happen, but Starfire says that their friendship changed Warp's past, and it can also change our future. Raven starts assembling the chime necklace and wonders if it's too late for the celebration of friendship. And Starfire says it is never too late. They begin celebrating Blurthog, and Raven notes... I feel like a wind chime. When Starfire puts Robin's uh, necklace on, he remarks, So, Nightwing. And there, the episode ends. This is another one of my favorite episodes in the series, and I don't think it's hard to see why. It has so much depth to it, but at its core, it's about the power of friendship. And it's just amazing, and I love stuff like that. It's it's just a really good episode. It has like really like good deep moments about like a who Starfire is, b who the Titans are, c like what they mean to each other, d what happens when they're apart. E it has really good action sequences. Like, the, the, I can go on. Like, I love this episode to pieces. It is an amazing episode. And, like, yeah, in season two, they really put their best foot forward. As, like, as best they could. Because, like, I mean, I don't know. I love, like, a lot of season two episodes. And this one, like, really starts off strong. This swings for the fences, and I think they keep swinging... It's it's just a really good episode. Oh boy, I don't I don't know what else. Like man, I I like you could probably tell cuz I just jammed through that. It's really something you have to see for yourself. It is amazing and I love it. Oh my god. So, let's talk about Starfire. So this is the Starfire episode, and I think now might be a good time to address the elephant in the room. So, slight spoilers, but 
each season has a specific Titan focus on the, like, season story. Last season, that was Robin. Uh, I, we haven't gotten to who it was in this season yet. But Starfire is the only Titan that does not have a dedicated season story to her. However, is that such a bad thing? On the one hand, Starfire does deserve to have as much depth and complexity as the rest of her fellow Titans. On the other hand, she does, and episodes like this prove it. When, uh, like, she is first flung into the future and realizes what's going on, like, she is, like, in denial and disbelief that this could happen. And when she says it's all Warp's fault, she's not stupid when she's saying it. She's in denial. She doesn't want to believe it. The same thing happened when Robin became Slade's apprentice, an apprentice. So, like, we know that about Starfire. We know that, like, she... She loves her friends, but also, like, she, like at the beginning, too, like, whenever she tries to get a word in edgewise, she just can't, and she knows it. She's not ignorant to it. She's just trying and keeps going. She's tenacious, if anything. And, like, in that sense, I don't think it's, like, necessarily... Like, bad that, like, Starfire doesn't, like, have a season to herself. She has, like, episodes like this that just highlight who she is as a person. And I know a lot of people deride filler, but filler can sometimes give us some really good things. And while, like, this doesn't say much of anything with, like, what the season's plot is going to be, it's still fantastic it it's like it, it is a bit of like bleeding on the cutting edge with her lack of a season plot because like if, if this were to get made today like that would be more accounted for but like it still works because like again I don't, I don't think she necessarily needs it like I'd be glad to have it. I'd be interested to see, like, what, uh, like, you know, they can do with a story focus on Starfire. But, like, it would feel like she has a story just to have a story. And, like, I might be sounding differently if this had a sixth season with Starfire at the helm of the story and I would like appreciate it more but either way like I think it's fine and it works and like like Starfire I don't think is left out at all like she's an important member of the team and she is cherished by everyone and she cherishes everyone it's just, it's amazing. Speaking of amazing, uh, 
I do want to go into the connection that this episode has with the the last episode. Like I I mentioned the the whole like takedown of warp is like choreographed similarly to how they took down Slade in Apprentice, but that's not where uh the similarities end. So we're like it begins with fighting a seemingly unbeatable foe. One of the Titans goes missing, and seeing how the team handles how this Titan goes missing, but instead of it being Robin, it's Starfire. And last episode, I mentioned how important Starfire was to bringing Robin back, and this time it's the other way around with Nightwing rallying Starfire. When Starfire has lost all hope, and like when they're when they're celebrating, that's another thing. They they have another celebration at the end of this episode too. But like when they're celebrating in the last episode, Starfire was like unsure, and she apologized, and Robin had an answer for her. But in this episode, Robin was like unsure, but Starfire had an answer for him. This is like. A really cool, like, mirror episode to the previous episode. It, it it shows how, like, Robin and Starfire are connected in this. Where, like, they can go through something similar and, like, they can get a somewhat similar result. But it also just, like, shows how important they are to each other. You know, and I and I genuinely love that. It is amazing. This whole episode is just brilliant and I love it. I could go on literally forever, but we do have to end, so that will be it for this episode of the last slice of pizza. Thank you again to the Unknown King for providing the theme song. And be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Anchor, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When they go 20 years into the future and global warming got a whole lot worse. And be sure to tune in next time. For the episode, Every Dog Has His Day. I will see you then.